This is a Federal News Network podcast. Both the House and Senate are in session this week. Imagine that. They'll be dealing with a lot of topical issues like D.C. statehood and police reform, but amendments and political concerns are likely to hold up budgetary talks for next year. Here with the latest, Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. And uh, there are so many issues that seem to be piling on, driven by societal occurrences. So what uh, what can we expect this week? Let's talk about some of those current issues first. Well, the big issue that will dominate time in both chambers is policing. And we've seen Democrats in both chambers introduce a bill and Republicans in both chambers introduce a bill. They take somewhat different paths and touch on a lot of the same issues. But um, we're likely to see a bit of divergence this week, even if down the road, we see a coming together on some sort of compromise bill. So the House is going to act Thursday on its plan that went through the Judiciary Committee last week. And, you know, some highlights of this are taking steps to prevent the use of chokeholds, ban so-called no-knock warrants by federal agents and try to get states and localities to stop using that, um, and ending or overturning qualified immunity, which is the Supreme Court doctrine um, that prevents police officers from being sued in the line of duty for the most part. Um, That's on the House side. The Senate takes some different approaches. Um, They will allow chokeholds in some cases. They want more reporting on no-knock warrants rather than an outright ban, and they don't touch on the qualified immunity. So there are some big gaps between the two bills. Um, So one of the big questions we'll be watching is, does the Senate even get to the point where they can take up this bill? Because in the Senate, you need 60 votes even to get on legislation if there's a concerted minority effort to block it. And we'll be watching to see if Democrats allow that vote to move forward to get the bill on the floor and begin debating um, that piece of legislation. So big action this week on this issue. Um, Nancy Pelosi last week said she envisions going to a conference with the Senate to work out differences. So there's definitely momentum here to have a debate, try and produce legislation. We'll have to see if um, kind of there are lines in the sands or differences that are too big to gap or gaps are too big to bridge here. What's interesting is what you mentioned briefly is that federal police are involved in this legislation and not just municipal and county police. Yeah. And one of the challenges here is that the federal government can't control every aspect of state and local policing either. So a lot of what they do here is condition grants from the federal government to states and municipalities on taking certain certain actions. So it's kind of more of a carrot approach. If you if you don't do X, you're not going to get the funds or we're going to begin curtailing those funds. They have much more control over the federal law enforcement agencies, which do get involved in policing. And as we saw, even um, with some of the protests in recent weeks, federal police do get involved in local actions from time to time. So it sounds like this could have an effect on the rules and regulations of the Office of uh, Justice Programs injustice, which is the Justice Department's channel for grants to state and local police. Absolutely. And it could affect funds they already have. And both bills are looking at additional grants to try to help with things like body cameras or um, national registries and and information sharing. So um, the money that's already going out and the money that may start going out in whatever legislation is finalized here. And is the D.C. statehood question taking away from some of the long-term standard business like the federal budget? Well, they're going to you know, keep that debate to one day. So Thursday is the debate on this policing bill in the House. Friday is the D.C. statehood bill. And what Majority Leader Steny Hoyer said in announcing this vote is that recent events have made this even more important to him to get this bill across the, the finish line in the House. And he's pointed to the way that D.C. came out under the CARES Act stimulus legislation, where it got less money than states 
and was in a bucket closer to what territories got. Um, and even some of the events around the protests by um, the White House where national forces were brought in when local officials didn't want that. He's pointed to both those as a reason for this bill that he's wanted for a while. And Eleanor Holmes Norton, the delegate from the District of Columbia, that's one of her main priorities is this statehood bill. She would potentially become a full voting member of the House. D.C. would get two senators. So it's an important bill to people inside the district. But it's um, it's not something that Republicans have backed. It's not something the president is behind. So this will be the high water mark for the bill in this Congress. But, you know, looking down the road, a Democratic House and Senate and president, maybe there's a different outcome. We're speaking with Bloomberg editorial direct. Bloom, there we go again. We're speaking with Bloomberg government editorial director Lauren Duggan. And what about budget talks? What about the NDAA? I guess there is been some movement already on that in one chamber, but not the other. So this week on the NDAA front, uh, House subcommittees will be meeting to mark up their portions of it um, to wind up in an eventual full committee markup, I think scheduled for July 1st. So we'll see a lot of issues come up in those subcommittee um, events, including policing, by the way, because one thing that's come up in that debate is the transfer of military equipment from defense agencies to state and local police uh, groups, which a lot of people are opposing and looking to curtail. Um, but that bill is moving forward. That had been on the Senate's pre-July 4th agenda for the floor. But with the policing debate kind of overtaking that, we may not see action until um, after July 4th on that. On the budget front, we had hopes or planned for Senate appropriators to start acting this week. But that was delayed, as you mentioned, by some disagreement over what the scope of amendments might be in the debate and committee there. Um, so not sure when they'll resume or get back to that um, Nita Lowy, the House Appropriations Chairwoman, laid out her ambitious plan to get pretty much all the bills through her committee from the subcommittee and the full committee in a two-week sprint in early July. So um, by mid-July, we may have a much better picture of what the debate looks like on uh, Fiscal 21 funding. And even though, well, it was outlawed, I guess, a number of years ago, what is the real status of earmarks, those kinds of greasy elements that keep the things moving in the larger gearing sense? So those still are off the table right now. There was a, a movement to try and revive them. Um, they're a tool that leadership likes because the more individual projects a member has, the more invested they are in each bill. Um, so even as things like a surface transportation infrastructure bill are moving or these appropriations bills, those projects aren't there. Um, I, I would expect maybe in the next Congress to have another discussion about that. Um, it's more of an internal question than anything. And members seem on both sides about this. Many people would love to have these prizes to take back home and show their constituents. Others are afraid that that'll will be denounced as pork or special interests. So, um, you know, we'll have to see what happens going into the new Congress on that. And how fully are they returning in terms of physical bodies in the Capitol Hill zones? So we've seen a lot of what I would call hybrid activity, where even some of the markups last week on the policing bill and the transportation bill, some members were in a committee room, others were not. Um, on Wednesday, when there were two high-profile markups, we saw some technical glitches with screens freezing, and it was hard to hear sometimes. Um, but for the most part, we're seeing more and more people come into town. Now, the House has this proxy voting system that they created where not everyone has to be in the chamber for the votes. Um, it's somewhat controversial. Republicans don't like it. Even when the president signed a bill recently that had proxy votes, he even suggested maybe you need to pass this again just in case. 
Um, so, you know, there is more activity. Capitol Hill is a little bit more alive, but it's not back to normal. Lauren Duggan is editorial director of Bloomberg Government. As always, thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to The Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash Podcast One to learn more and start your free trial.